Are you getting married? Are you gonna get married? You know what, I don't think I've said this on, uh, I, I, I've never said this on television before. We are married. <laughs> Married actually on uh, the the on our twenty third. I met him on the dance floor at Limelight in nineteen ninety four on his birthday. So we got married on his birthday, the night the anniversary of when we met so this recent, year. Oh my god! In January, yes. Do it for really for tax breaks and for financial. <laughs> yeah. We got a big old ranch and yeah. everything. You, yeah. Well, well yeah. Rue, we got you flowers. Yeah. 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 I didn't know. I didn't know. All right. So congratulations, RuPaul, on well, belated congratulations, congratulations, I should say, to your wedding uh, to Georges Lebar. Uh, I guess that's how you say it. Um, I think it's uh, really great. You know, I saw on. Instagram and all over Twitter and the interwebs, um, just pictures of him with George or George, um, you know, back when they were younger. And there's one picture that Michelle Visage sent out on Instagram. Did I saw you that see one. It? I saw that one. Yeah, uh, she's between the two of them. They all looked. They all looked so beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, they still are beautiful people, but uh, I mean, I was like, wow, what a picture. Yeah. And what a transformation. Um, you know, I guess not really even a transformation. I guess they all kind of look relatively the same. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that is uh, some big news this week. Besides the trailer dropping, um, I think it was big news that we found that out about RuPaul. Yeah, I mean, to quote Diane Lane, married William. Married William. <laughs> 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 Which is, of course, the name of our unofficial Under the Tuscan Sun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Where we just review Under the Tuscan Sun and talk about why it's meaningful for single people. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's that other um, drag race podcast, The Repeat, where they spent their right. whole first season just talking about the Queens Behind Bars episode Brilliant. from season four. And it's like this Rashomon of like kind of talking about it, for, like focusing on each queen uh who's in the challenge each episode and i feel like we could totally do i mean nobody would fucking listen to it but a twisted version of under the tuscan sun podcast where oh, we talk God. about different concepts and <laughs> angles and like how long do we yeah, talk about this movie like that one's the owl scene during the, the storm owl. we could talk we got a whole episode on that <laughs> what is it that she says that part always makes me laugh she what? says she says uh she says just don't fly around you freak me out <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man. All right. Right, Mary. So, um, so RuPaul got married. RuPaul um, got married. You know, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that he kept it a secret for so long. Um, I guess what four, three months, two well, months, he three. Said months. It was in January, so yeah, about two months, probably. Yeah. I mean, I think it's um, you know, I I know that RuPaul talks about being you know very private or like liking to be able to sort of maintain some privacy because so much of his life is in the public eye, obviously. So right. it makes sense. Um, and I also feel like, I don't know, I mean, it's a, such an interesting idea of, of when we think of RuPaul and the, the sort of cultural historical character of RuPaul, you know, and you, and you think of Cover Girl and you think of Supermodel of the World and you think of, you know, even like RuPaul in the 80s in New York and it's like, oh, excuse me, Marco. Uh, and it's so crazy to think that that same character, so to speak, is 2017, is on like the mainstream media talking about getting married. It's Talking like... about getting married, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like uh, one of the things RuPaul always talks about is how 
you know, the aspect of drag when when somebody goes into drag they become a different person or they release parts of themselves that they can't necessarily access as their society prescribed gender mm -hmm. and i feel like we're so used to seeing rupaul as the monster as the the glamazon as the lower east side hooker um that yeah. you know we we often forget that rupaul charles is this introverted, very, very sensitive soul yeah. um, who has been through the ringer and has had a very interesting life. So um, to, to kind of hear that he got married and that he uh, is committing to that and at least is getting, you know, the tax kind of benefits from all of that. Um, yeah, it's absolutely exciting um, and refreshing and um, good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like, you know, it's, there's always that argument, and I don't, I, I really, you know, bring this up, it's not an argument that I'm making, but, you know, there's that, that sense that some people have about gay marriage, it's like, oh, you know, it's the normalizing, right? It's like everything is becoming normalized, sure. and the queerness sure. it's is exact, gone, you know? Yeah, it's exactly what people want to hear about on a mainstream talk show, right? It's like, right. oh, oh, okay, he's married, oh, okay, so he's normal. Yeah, oh, Oh, good. I get it, I yeah. can get into that, oh, right. Yes, because real love is marriage. So if he wasn't married, you know, maybe it wouldn't be real. Right. And there's that sense of like, oh, okay, I'm comfortable with this now. Now you're doing – now you're being a, a version of gay that I feel okay with, which is – Sure. You know, it's similar to what we talked about with drag last week is that there's certain types of drag that people are comfortable with. And then there's certain types that are like, oh – you're not prescribing to certain ideas and ideals that I feel okay about, or you're pushing boundaries I don't want to see pushed. I'm not cool right. with that. And so it's and and you know, yeah, go ahead. No, it's just it's 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 an interesting thing to think about somebody like this who is so much about pushing those boundaries and so much about um, you know flipping things like that, like those ideas on their side. It's like, well, how then do you sort of? Well, come out with you something so mainstream is like, well, and now I'm getting married. I mean, it's a personal decision, yeah. but yeah, sure. I mean, I, the one thing I did notice just seeing him on, you know, Stephen Colbert or on, uh, Seth Meyers or even on this show and, um, this, that other weird show, what was it called? The, the, the next, the talk, uh, the, the dish, the I don't, yeah, the I don't know something, but, um, he's very good at, at, First of all, not playing to a stereotype, but also uh, arriving with big fuzzy gloves, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm not scary. I'm just like you. I yeah. I can do this. I can be mainstream. I did feel like he was putting on something of a of a, a another drag, right? Yeah. When he's on these shows, like, he is on, on. More on than um, uh, with What's the Tea with Mich Michelle Visage. You know, I also... I kind of related to him when I saw him on these shows. It reminded me of how I kind of act around family members or around straight people that I know maybe don't have that many gay friends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I'm going to, if I use the word shade or if I use the word read, I'm, I'm going to use it very carefully and maybe have know that I have to explain myself. I, I'm going to talk very carefully. And I yeah. felt like there was a sense of caution 
mm-hmm. still with RuPaul when he was on these shows. And even when he was announcing that he's married, it was planned for me that he knew that he was going to say this. This was something that he's going to announce on the show for Ross Mas- Matthews, right? Sure. To create a lot of hits that right. would have probably gotten a lot of hits. That's um, a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That's that's such business savvy. It's like, well, if I'm going to talk about this, I'll talk about that about this on my friend Ross's show. Oh, and- he is a smart motherfucker, Colin. Yeah. RuPaul yeah. is a branding expert. He has a drag con now. Think about where this man came from, Colin. Yeah. This guy is smart. And I feel like he knows, oh, I'm going to announce that I'm married. This is going to garner a lot of interest, right? Mm-hmm. So he kind of knows what to say, even when he was talking to Stephen Colbert about Stephen Colbert's drag persona, right? Like that is mm-hmm. – that's that's a headline. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, totally, because that got a lot of press was here's this here's this kind of beloved comedy character, you know, embraced by such a, a much larger audience. It's like, oh, my God, it, it's the – it's the fascination of seeing him do drag and it's like sure whatever some people might be gawking at it but like that is that is drawing so much more attention than rupaul on his own yeah the Mm -hmm. the other one uh, for seth meyers the other headline was rupaul gives an honest critique of seth meyers shower bod it's like okay they're clicking they're clicking because they're hearing a gay man reading seth meyers shower bod they're not necessarily clicking it because it's rupaul so it's it's a lure Mm-hmm. And it's a very smart business decision, right? That you have these lures to bring people in, which is why him going back to VH1 and having this drag show, it's a lure. It, it certainly is a lure because it is, you know, getting to be more mainstream, but it's with big fuzzy gloves. It's still kind of about young men's stories and mm-hmm. not about, you know, gender fuck and and turning gender on its head right well yeah because we talked about this a little bit last week is is the message that he's gone out with to these shows to good morning america to seth myers is like this idea that the show is for everybody and it's about stories and humanity and, and perseverance and these kind of like larger themes that not just straight people can get together with but these are like american ideals you know and it's right. like right it's yeah it's smart to capitalize on that right now when like you don't want to exclude straight people that can't relate, right? That are like, mm-hmm. oh, what's this gay show, right? Right. I, I think of um, what was that show uh, that I feel like only people of color watch? A Flavor Flav. Mm-hmm. I feel like wasn't marketing itself to white people until it became a parody of itself, and white people were kind of laughing at it from an exoticized standpoint. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Totally. Where totally. it was so over the top, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like drag race can go to that that part as a lure, like, oh, what are these men in dresses? And they're soon gonna find out, oh, these are real stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um it's really I, I think as we continue this conversation that we started last week about the mainstreaming and, and RuPaul in the mainstream media and drag race in the mainstream media I, I I only again I only see it as positive because of things like this and it's I I still think that there is there I, I don't think things lose their queerness or lose their their inner goodness just because more people are accepting it I think there's that thing that like you know 
we gay people, we hang on to these things and we hold them close because it's like there's been all these years of being protective of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so there's kind Mm -hmm. of this trust element of like, okay, I'm going to share this with you because, you know, it's good for ratings and it's, you know, good for RuPaul's, you know, retirement fund. Well, they're going to co-opt it anyway. And I feel like we might as well own it if they're going to co-opt it, right? Like Mm -hmm. shade and girlfriend and all of the kind of vocabulary that straight people are kind of learning now. I mean, shade was added to the dictionary. Yeah, I mean, it's real. I guess it's true. It's like people are going to co-opt it anyway, so you might as well be there doing it better than everybody else. You know what I'm saying, Mary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, so Colin, why don't we talk to our listeners now about kind of what they're listening to? Oh, what are they listening to? Well, I don't know about you, but I think they're listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show. And today, we have got a whole bunch of good stuff to talk about, uh, including we will be talking about, and, and we should let you know up front, we got some other great topics before we get there, but we will be going in on the super trailer that was just released, uh, well, today is Thursday, we're recording a little bit early, that was just released today, and we will be talking about the first 20 minutes that was recorded, you know, people had recorded from the premiere party in New York. Uh, it has not been released on Logo yet, but... So if you haven't seen it, maybe you want to pause this and go seek it out and then come back. But we will be going in on as much as we've seen of the first episode of season nine. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, as somebody who does not like spoilers, I have accepted and I have embraced and I am feasting on these spoilers. Yes, yes. You know, I, I got to tell you, the trailer was everything and more it was even more exciting than the 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 first 20 minutes that we watched oh uh i I, I, because i saw more looks i yes i i outwardly gasped at some of these looks uh particularly trinity taylor's which we can definitely talk talk about oh yeah um (laughs) so uh, yeah because i don't want to blow my load on this we do have a few things to get to first uh because i'll just go girl i have uh, yeah we are in that space where i will just it's it's just like I'm I'm just like channeling from the divine. I just can't even stop myself. So before we get into all of that, we did want to talk about. We got a really great email from uh, from Dino Sarma, who uh, often gets a, a a name drop on Squirrel Friends. So we're happy to kind of co-opt Dino on you know on our podcast as well. Uh, he had mentioned that uh, on the the RuPaul's Drag Race subreddit that he was. Uh, involved in a post about talking about why drag race gets a bad name from time to time uh for being filled with quote unquote those gays uh and in terms of misogyny and policing and things like that and so i wanted to read a little bit of what he had posted and and what had started some pretty interesting conversations on the subreddit and he kind of invited us to you know give our two cents on this idea as well which is totally right on our alley uh candy (laughs) house so um so I'm just going to go ahead and just read a couple lines of what he sent us uh, from his post, which should get us kind of going. Uh, Never underestimate the depths that people will go to when it comes to being shitty to women and girls. Being called girly is a heavy insult. Things that celebrate the feminine are considered to be less than things that celebrate the masculine. I feel like this is, I mean, you you love to go to this place when it comes to I mean, drag. you know I loved, I've, I've talked about this topic on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Dino, um, it, there was uh, an episode I remember a while back where I kind of went on a rant about the term man buns. 
um, there was a trend back, I don't know, maybe last year or two years ago when man buns were becoming kind of a, a thing, um, a trend, especially with hipster straight men or just men in general. Um, and, and some there was... gay men, including one of the men on this podcast. Sure, sure. I know, Colin. It's fine. It's gone um, now. It... I, and well, I there's nothing I'm... wrong with man buns. And this is I what know. I'm trying to say Go is that it. there was a there was a visceral reaction from not just men, but women outwardly disgusted by men having these, having this long hair that they would turn into a bun to the point where men were being assaulted on the street and it was being cut off of their heads. Yeah. I saw that video. And to me, to me, all I see is no, you cannot look feminine. You're a man. Mm-hmm. You have to look like a man. Men should have short hair. If you're going to have long hair, then that means you're a girl. So I feel like maybe, you know, gay men and straight men, I think, both got pushback from this because uh, for straight men, for obvious reasons, right, women want a man, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, or they, they, you know, other men police them and say, you have to look more like a man. And to bring up Dino's point, this idea of misogyny in the gay community, I mean, y- you can't be feminine in the gay community. It's yeah. not popular. It's not shekshi, as uh, <laughs> Holly Hunter would say. <laughs> it's not uh, shekshi. Not to be um, confused with, uh, what was the other, <laughs> the, the other Edie Sedgwick? Or, Kira Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, guys. So we're talking about a serious topic. So no, misogyny in the community. So um, th- th- this idea that um, women are less um, is is really rampant in the gay community, and not just because we sleep with and by gay community. And this is another point. I I mean gay men, and this isn't just because we have sex with other men. Um, you know, I think the first kind of instance I see of misogyny and this idea of kind of fem femme shaming, I'll call it, um, is whenever women are in gay bars. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about bachelorette parties that come in and exoticize gay men and harass gay men and kind of, you know, are mean, mean, mean straight people to gay people and imposing a gay space. I'm talking about when, when gay men react like, Oh, I didn't come here to get boobs shoved in my face or mm-hmm. like, ew, a vagina, ew, gross, you know, um, right. or even when women are in the gay bar and, you know, all of a sudden men feel fucking entitled to play with their breasts. Oh, I, I see I, that all the time. And yeah. that is misogyny. That is a man, not a gay man, a man feeling entitled to touch a woman. Mm-hmm. And I, I would hate it if a woman was playing with my penis. You know, yeah. I would, that would oh, be terrible. Yeah. I don't even like it when when a woman, because she knows I'm gay, is is immediately just handsier or or just like more physical with me because it's like if we don't have if there's no connection if we don't know each other you know what I mean because there's this element of like just because we're not gonna fuck doesn't mean that I don't have personal boundaries you know right right and I right. just think that there is. I see that line blurred on both sides. And it's like, just because you're not going to fuck each other doesn't mean that you don't have respect for each other's bodies, you know? Like, that's that doesn't change anything. You know what I mean? Sure, 
I feel like the other kind of instance of um, misogyny that I see a lot is just the lack of, of female gay spaces. I mean, mm-hmm. lesbian bars are dwindling. And so now lesbians kind of are depending on gay male spaces to have their own space. And I, I feel like queer women are just becoming more invisible in the gay community. Mm. And you, you see this in footage of pride parades and rallies. I mean, men are often placed directly stage center and women are not shown um, unless it's dykes on bikes. Right? right. And even then they're masculine. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like there's just this exclusion of of gay men uh, or not of gay men by gay men. Um mm-hmm of of women in into the community like this idea of that lgbt like really the g is what's the focus mm-hmm. and we forget about all the other aspects of our community yeah well and I, and I think that there's one of the other elements that i think cements things in place is that there is this there is this marriage the only the word that's on my mind of course married william there's this marriage of of masculinity or you know performance of masculinity or femininity and uh, sexual desire and that it, it has been programmed in gay men that masculine is more sexually desirable and sexual right. desire i mean sex it, sex is literally a primal need it is at the bottom of the hierarchy of needs and so you start tying things into sex and you cement things into place and so if you are suggesting oh, yeah. that like you know, more masculine. You could, if you connect someone's masculinity to how much you want to have sex with them, and on the inverse, somebody's femininity and how much you don't want to have sex with them. I mean, I just think that that people people don't want to have their sexual preferences challenged. I mean, that's so much of what the gay community has been has been fighting against is don't tell right. me who to fuck, you know, and right. yet. And, and what's so ironic, though, is that we then police that internally in ways that straight people could never police gay people in who they're right. fucking. It right. is so We're is using so gender. Much... We impose mm-hmm. straight relationships, male and female, that binary. We impose mm-hmm. that binary onto gay relationships yeah. to the point where when we see them getting married, we ask which one's the bride. When we mm-hmm. see two men holding hands, we say which one's the top, which one's the bottom, because we want to know who the girl is. Right. This idea this idea when we just glorify masculinity, you look on all of these sex apps, right? It's all mask for mask. Mm-hmm. It's guys that want masculine sex, uh, whatever that means, right? The, I, I also remember... I know a couple years ago when I was hanging out with a bunch of gay dudes that there's and maybe this still goes on, but there's just a lot of bottom shaming that there's this kind of. mm -hmm. Yeah, you you kind of feel ashamed to say that you're a bottom and there's not a lot of pride, whereas, oh, I'm a top, right? Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) it's funny because I knew we were going to talk about this in the podcast and I was thinking about that. I was listening to another podcast um, and I won't name it because I'm kind of criticizing, but one of the guys on the podcast you know the the whole feature that they were doing was about him being a top and he you could tell there was this there was this cockiness no pun intended yeah. maybe there is yeah. that kind of he summoned up and felt because people were looking at him as like so tell us you're a top tell us what what's your point of view and i think right. he felt so empowered and i could tell because i've listened to this podcast for a while the way he started to, to perform himself and and exist in the conversation changed completely because yeah. Yeah. it is I mean, it is it is yeah go ahead 
Oh, no, it's, it is so much more... Well, it is. I mean, bottom shaming to me is so baffling because it's kind of like... It's it's misogynist and it's homophobic. Yeah. To, to, to bottom shame someone because you're basically saying, oh, you don't pass as straight because you're a bottom or because mm-hmm. you're femme. Right. And the whole idea is that you pass as straight. So even if you had two femme guys and one was a top, one of them is better than the other because mm-hmm. he's a top because oh, he totally. is closer to being straight we glorify glorify straight men mm-hmm. um in in all aspects of our society and including in the gay community um oh, and, yeah. and it's a problem it's a problem the men gay men take this shame so deep down and it's mm-hmm. so hard to they, they become uncomfortable in their own bodies to the point where they you know, will starve themselves. Will get plastic surgery. Will, uh, will, will, will lower their voice just, just so that they can feel accepted and quote unquote be loved and get a boyfriend. I mean, that is, that's a sickness. That is, right. that is something that is a problem in our gay community. And you know, it's interesting. We're talking about progress of RuPaul getting married and talking about it on mainstream television. Meanwhile, like. We're still fighting gender roles in the gay community. Yeah, I mean, we are, we're we're getting caught up in details that that ideally shouldn't even fucking matter. You know what I mean? Like, this should not be a space where we have to worry about prescribing to certain roles. Like, yeah. it's and and this is something that has gone on long before marriage equality, long before you know. This is like a long-standing tradition you know, among gay men is, is femme shaming and bottom shaming and, and needing to categorize and needing to know when, or, you know, for example, when you look at a couple, we all do this. We all immediately figure out in our minds who looks like the top and who looks like the bottom. And we sure. all know what Always. details we use to figure that out. It's about, all right. it, yeah, it, it's, it's Heights, all about, it's about size, yep. it's about demeanor. You know, I just want to, I want to call out uh, a prominent podcaster, Dan Savage, who I listen to every week. I got to tell you, um, one thing he does that I feel is so, um, hypocritical is, is when he is so grossed out by vaginas, he mm. gets so uncomfortable. He's like, Oh, I don't really do that. Blah, 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 blah. Gross. Or I used to do that. It was disgusting or whatever. That reminds me of when straight men get so quote unquote grossed out about, you know, other gay guys or other, other guys, penises or whatever. And, and kind of put on this show of like, Oh no, don't touch me. Don't touch me, bro. Right. Right. And whenever Dan Savage or any gay man is like, Oh, vagina is blech. I mean, it's a funny punchline. I'll, I'll give it that i will give Mm -hmm. it that it is a funny punchline it can be used as a joke but as somebody who's giving uh sex advice to mainly straight people and that's that's true about uh, dan savage's love cast it's mostly straight people that listen to that show um i feel like that's irresponsible that that is imposing more homophobia or even uh, a misogyny um onto the people listening to his show well, and I think when he does that and when gay men do that, especially when they do it with a straight audience, to me, it's just a gay minstrel show. You are just performing this character mm. and, and these and these elements that you think they want, they expect from you as a gay man, you know? Sure, I, sure. I think there's, it's, a, it's a version of coding. It's a version of, of, of when I'm in the presence of an older straight guy who I, you know, I, I straighten up because it's, it's it, I think it's Man because, up. 
I man up. I'm, I mean, you know, I, I rope all this in because I ostensibly I think that I want to feel safe because I don't want to expose myself, you know, to the risk of him not accepting that. But below that, like, yeah, we coach it's, yeah. it's, it's shame. I'm just, you know, because the it reality is, is I'm probably yeah. totally safe. He's just right. a mechanic in Sacramento. And he's not going <laughs> to beat me over the head with a wrench. But uh, let's, uh, hope not. let's hope not, at least a, hopefully not a wrench. Like, well, let's see if we can... Uh, See if we can work on the work on the tailpipe. You know what I'm saying, Mary? But it, it, I, uh, you know, hopefully if he's straight, maybe he'll uh, he'll see something in me. But no, I uh, like himself. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, I I I think that you know. Why don't you I, come up and fuck me in the ass sometime? Fuck me in the ass sometime. <laughs> but there's I I see I do that I do that in front of certain straight men is that I play oh, yeah. this version of a gay man that I think he wants me to be. Because mm. that's what I think he's comfortable with. Yeah, it's and safer it, for him, right? It's yeah. safer. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and you know, and, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just, it's one of those things that when I catch myself doing it or when I think about it afterwards, I'm like, ugh, why does he get to win that situation? Why do yeah. I have to change, you know? Yeah. You know, I, uh, speaking of feeling safe, I, there's, there's a trend in our society of creating portmanteaus or using man words, and I'll explain that in a second, but there's this trend that's happening that's, that makes straight men feel safer about doing things that are quote-unquote feminine. And the, the biggest example I can give you is when men call their purse a man bag or a purse, mm-hmm. right? Or when they call it a man bun, or when they call it a bromance, yeah. or when they, they call it manscaping, mm-hmm. or when they call it a man cave, Right. Or when they buy the the male deodorant. Right. All of that, all of that, those man words to me is misogynist or is it is a not misogynist, maybe sexist. It is Mm -hmm. saying that, no, I'm a man, so I can't use a woman's thing. It's not good enough for me to use. Yeah, we have to qualify it so that we know that it's different. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not feminine. It's just a merce. Yeah, don't worry. This abides by the masculine standards. I know it's a bag, but it's this, this, and this, so it's right. not feminine. Right. Don't worry. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. and I, I think to to you know to wrap it up because I you know in terms of you know, do I think this exists within the the world? I mean, we could go on and on about because I know oh, I've yeah. talked I've talked to women who have had perceptions that drag race is really misogynistic and pushes these certain ideals, or they only get away with certain things because they're men underneath the drag, and we could go down right. that path. I ultimately my opinion is that drag race I think there are a lot of queens on drag race who are celebrating femininity and celebrating yeah. women gender and, nonconformity yeah they're yeah. breaking the binary they are breaking yeah. the binary think of Viola Chachki for instance mm-hmm. someone who yeah. actually is gender fluid there uh, yeah I love it when Raja doesn't need to put boobs in yeah you know I that's another example or when Bob doesn't wear a wig yeah, there, there's all those examples, those little little things that, um, you know, Alaska, for instance, um, is all for bio queens. You know, mm-hmm. I think we talked about that once on the podcast, this idea that women can be drag queens as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it really there. there's something about it that I think from not just the point of view of, of gay men celebrating femininity and women, but I also love when I see, you know, like like. Uh, you know, pants on the runway, or, or or when there's a queen like like Violet who's 
who's doing something that's not quite feminine or masculine or it's just a really interesting mix. It's so exciting and it's so different and I love to see and maybe this is just the, you know, the little boy in me that when I was in preschool would like play dress up with all the girls. I love seeing these these guys on TV who are who are saying, well, yeah, I'm going to wear pants and we'll wear this, but I'm going to wear makeup as well. And I'm going to wear these gloves and I'm going to wear these shoes. Like, I'm going to mix it up because these are the shoes I want to wear, but those are the pants I want to wear. Like, that is, right. that's really exciting to me. And, and is, I was going to say it's kind of sexy, but I don't want to like say, oh, well, it's good because I want to fuck it. It's not necessarily that. It's just, I, it's, it's just very alluring. I'm just very excited excited by that. And I think that Drag Race is giving us lots of opportunities to see drag queens doing just that, especially this season. Drag is uh, is a, a way for us to look at gender and smile and laugh at it. And that's why I love comedy queens. That's why I love queens like Tatiana who gave that spoken word thing and it was all a wink wink nudge nudge i'm a, i'm a i'm a dude yeah i'm a dude i'm yeah. a dude and and i'm also a woman right now and i'm everything and it doesn't matter uh mm-hmm. I, I that's why i think drag is important and i don't think it's i think that there can be some drag that makes fun of women but mm-hmm. i feel like the brand of rupaul is not that i feel like it's more celebratory of uh of how gender is absolutely made, made up and constructed Totally. All right, Mary. I think that we are ready to move on Mm -hmm. to uh, something a little bit uh, less serious and fundamental, Avi. One of our newest segments that we like to call... All right, Amanda. All right, Amanda, which is our segment dedicated to all things Squirrel Friends, the world of Squirrel Friends, and the paradigm that Nick and Amanda have created with this little podcast. Check. Boom. One take. <laughs> Got it in one, Mary. Cut you, print Emmy. You came here to slay, Mary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't come here to make friends. And I'll cut a bitch. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I just... I listened re- to them this morning. So did right, I. We're recording on Thursday. All uh, tea, guys. Uh, we're recording this early because this weekend I'm conducting a concert out of town and uh, we have rehearsals tomorrow all day uh, Friday and all day Saturday and then the concerts on Sunday and then I'm not going to be back until like eight or nine and you do not want to hear me talk after a weekend of running rehearsals of over 250 men. So no, there's you that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're recording this just a little bit early. So if there is any news that happens over the weekend that we didn't get to, that's why. But we will next week because yeah. it and is drag season starting, hunty. Starting. <laughs> and of course, you know, here's just before we before we get and we're in all right, Amanda. So maybe I'll we'll yeah, talk we're about in this it. after. We're in it. But I wanted to say before we before we go deep in, in, into all right, Amanda, that. <laughs> word choice mary word choice <laughs> vaginas oh, gross so <laughs> <laughs> no, vaginas. no they're not gross no i know they're i'm just amazing they I'm create life being self-referential i know so anyway i know, I know valerie <laughs> all right that's my that's my that, that, that's my me being a gay guy jane jane do you see that that's me being gay jane jane, jane we can't use that I that's like him being misogynist <laughs> Can you get him, Jane? Can you get him? <laughs> Can you get him? Can you get him? What's your name? 
Costner. <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to just mention before we before we dove in that yes, next week I am going to be when we record next week I'm going to be in Barcelona. And so we'll see that'll be, and it'll be like 1230 at night for me. So God knows how that's going to be. And then the week after that, I'm going to be in New York and <gasps> we will be recording together, Maddie. Yes, you will be recording face-to-face, which will be a new thing for us. We've never recorded face-to-face. No. Because uh, you've always been in the sack. I've always been in the sack. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not for long. But uh, yeah, and uh, just so our Marys know, uh, we will be also seeing, probably the night before, uh, we will be seeing The Glass Menagerie. And we will be talking about it because it's probably going to be With amazing. Sally Field, yes. With Sally yes. Field. Uh, and... so the last time we saw that together, we saw it with my, my man crush. Excuse me, I shouldn't say man crush. My crush, Zachary <laughs> oh. Quinto. Yeah. Uh, and Cherry Jones and uh, a university alumnus. Um, oh, alumnus. There's another alumnus. gendered word. Yeah. Uh, Celia Keenan Bulger. Um, but yeah, apparently, apparently this is a great production. Very sparse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, Sally Field is is everything. So yeah, um, and Laura anyway, yeah, so, is in an, so, is in a motorized so, wheelchair, and that yeah. just blows my mind. I'm like, yes, right. yeah, It'd be great. So anyway, um, so yes, Colin will be in New York the week after. So our second episode of reviewing season nine, Colin and I will be together live. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'll miss Marco. I'll miss Marco the most. <laughs> Marco, that, that's really going to be the worst is, is he won't be there, but maybe Ella will, will chime in. Uh, and, you know, on the topic of doing, of doing podcasts together, you know, all right, Amanda, uh, this speaking of all right, Amanda. This week on Squirrel Friends, they were responding to. I mean, the fans are speaking. The fans are asking for a for a collaboration episode between All Right Mary and Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. Yes. And I'm telling you, I let me ju- let me just let me just Oprah win for you for a moment. But I'm manif- I've manifested this. I thought about this a long <laughs> time ago. I have this image. <laughs> Of and like, because we're gonna go there. The four and because I, I know Nick's, Nick's in Pittsburgh, but like, it, it's all gonna happen, baby. We're all gonna make the. We're gonna be in a studio together. This is what I. This is what I pictured. We're in a very professional studio together. We all have our spot. You know, we have the mics that come down from like you know from above from the ceilings <laughs> on those little <laughs> rigs, whatever. Uh, you can picture it. And we are like a. We're like a. We're like a radio show, and we are having a roundtable discussion about Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And I just think like maybe we won't have the studio this season, but I think we can <laughs> approximate something similar. I would love to oh, do yeah. a collaboration. Yeah, well, you know what I'm trying to manifest is a uh, a panel discussion at DragCon that oh, people come to. Yes. And it's Squirrel Friends and All Right Mary. And, you know, we have our cats and they have their cocktails. Right. And, and well, if Polly Walnuts we're, and Latrice and yeah, um, they, they George want to come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, George Costanza. George yeah. Costanza. Um, yeah, I uh, – so anyway, I think it would be a great idea. We, sh- we should continue talking about it. There's, you know, some details to maybe iron out or just some ideas to think about um, so that it makes sense. But I think that uh, a mini episode, uh, you know, a special edition – of our podcasts would be a really fun thing, especially because I, I would love to hang out with them. I just think that they're, uh, they're fun people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it would be, I think if we tried to talk about an episode, like someone suggested we do like the premiere episode together and Amanda said, Oh my mm. God, it'd be like a six hour episode. Six we, hours. Yeah. We, it would be because I mean, I am, I'm just like, I'm just like, 
baby buggy when it comes to these episodes i can't be stopped and so it would be so hard to like yeah. let other people talk and i mean <laughs> so, it's hard enough as it is mary. all right mary uh and no but i would love to do an episode where like you know depending on on the timing of when we can do it where you know it could just be like us talking about maybe maybe it happens at the end of season nine and we kind of do a, a season nine you know round table together whatever we'll figure it out but like consider us interested we are swipe writing you guys on this idea mm. right mary um, so, uh, what was the other thing that we wanted to talk about with All Right, Mary? Well, uh, with All Right, Amanda? Oh. All uh, Right, Amanda. Yes, the yes, other yes. thing, there were two other things I wanted to mention. One, I was dying this morning listening to their episode because I was just thinking, oh my god, these sweet little angels started All Stars. Like, yeah, I think this is gonna be good. We're looking forward to this. It's gonna be, like, really fun. And I was like... Uh, uh-uh, the rhythm is gonna get you, girls, and it did. And they are just like they were slogging. <laughs> they were oh slogging. yeah, I know. They were just like yeah. They, I, they, oh, they were I like, so I don't even want This fucking... episode especially. <laughs> I mean, oh. it was such a funny episode, and I don't. It wasn't like a bad episode. It was really funny because it was so true that like by the time you get to this point in All Stars, it's like oh god, this is so stupid. <laughs> and it was just I love that they didn't try. <laughs> They didn't try to fake it. They were just like, yeah. I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> like it was Amanda. Like at the beginning, was like, I have no notes. And yeah, so, she's like, yeah, I don't really have any notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and and they still, they, I think they, I think they gave it, uh, I think they gave it a really good recap anyway. But oh, sure, sure. They 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 found the silver linings. Uh, there's no question. Uh, yeah. But it, you know, hats off to you guys for for making the plunge and you only have one more left so right you're right. almost done you're almost yeah there. oh and i wanted to comment on when <laughs> um because this always drives me up the wall is when when rupaul tells raven and jujubee that they both stay and then chad michaels goes yes yes <laughs> oh between that the hunger games quotes and one word a legend oh chad... and the breathing and the breathing the breathing the, the breathing what's the breathing Oh, so Nick was did a great impression of Chad Michaels uh, when he was like, and then we could do the the choreography. And we move up like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was Chanel. I thought that was wasn't that what Chanel was doing? She was no, like, I think that was Chad. <laughs> oh, was it? I thought that was Chanel who was just like getting re- for someone who was not a, a a choreographer. She was just like telling everybody what her moves were. Um, yeah, I mean the two of them, just the cringe of all stars. I'm glad Chad Michaels won, but. You know, spoiler alert. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that I, I, I love. I just, I, I knew, I felt like oh, this is gonna happen. There, I All Stars can't, it can't be better than what I remember it to be. And I felt like this episode of Girlfriends, <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, no, it was terrible. Um, and then the other, the other thing I wanted to mention is they. This is a, a a listener of ours as well, follower of ours as well on Twitter. But they just love the Twitter handle that fat bitch. Oh, she's fabulous! Fabulous, that fat bitch. That fat bitch. It's just it's such a there's there's such a great like RuPaul and Michelle talk about this that there's certain words or phrases that either are hard to say because of certain sounds or really pleasing to say because of certain yeah. sounds and that fat bitch is just like yeah so, that fat bitch that yeah fat yeah bitch. yeah it's, it's just so, so it's fun very, to say. oh good, good call Colin that is one of those pleasing phrases that yeah. fat bitch yeah it's, oh, that it's fat the, bitch. the ah ah and then itch, itch. Right? yeah it's, it's like yeah. yeah like I totally want the opportunity to say oh that fat bitch like it just. <laughs> It's so gratifying. So we just want to like pile on and say that we also love that fat bitch. <laughs> 
Um, and so I think that I think that concludes everything we have today for All Right, Amanda. Uh, I'm glad to hear the rash cleared up. I mean, I've been on mm-hmm. pins and needles all week, so thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, thinking about it. Um, well, so moving on. So we... yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the trailer, shall we? Well, I had just a couple little tidbits before we got to the trailer. Is that all let's right? Let's do it. Let's I got do a couple it, Mary. things I wanted to get to. One, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Sister Mary McIron, Kathy McPhee. Um, uh. We were messaging a bit this week, and, and she had mentioned – she just had some really nice things to say about All Right, Mary. And one of the things she mentioned is that we – she likes how we really get into, like, the psychology of the queens and, like, the fan theories. And I was like, oh, oh, that feels good. Like, you know, it, it's nice when people – the things that you do that you th- – it's nice that when you do something that you think might people might think is weird, they're like, oh, my God, that's what I love the most. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just so yeah, validating, you know? I, yeah, it is. It, it feels good. You know, a lot of the, the, the reviews and the emails that we've been getting have just – they make me feel like I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that we... other people can go down this little rabbit hole and, and you know – see what what the blue pill does and what the red pill does and you know find the white rabbit you know i just uh, it makes me feel good that other people are down there with me yeah it really i think when we started this podcast i remember thinking like i mean i i knew how we like to go in on this and i was like oh like i really hope that's what people i hope people like this i hope they're okay with the fact that like we're gonna go in deep and like people are not just okay with it like yes this is what i want to hear and that's like it just that's so cool and we we just got Thank you to everybody. We just got a bunch of new iTunes reviews and ratings, which like, thank you. I mean, you get, we we go on every week about how important that is and how much that means to us to like reach more people. And we got such nice reviews. And I just, I just think, I think people need to be talking about drag this way, Colin. I think yeah. it's super important. You know, and the same way that Amanda and Nick talk about Drag Race, I just think that. People should be geeking out as much as they want to in whatever way they want to about it. And the fact of the matter is, is one of the reasons we created this podcast is because in our own lives, we didn't really have that many people that we could talk to about this. And so it just feels really good to know that there are other super fans and geeks out there that are into this. So thank you so much, um, uh, Kathy and and everybody. Everyone else who's really like the – I mean – you know I'm going to mention my spiel later about leaving a review on iTunes, but it is worth just going to iTunes to see what some other people have said because these comments were just like I, Christmas fucking morning. I'm between between this and the premiere next week. I'm I'm living my fantasy over here, getting my life, waving at celebrities on this bus, like yeah, yeah, waving <laughs> the napkin from now on. Oh, there. from now on, girl. Uh, I also wanted to say thank you to Colossus Cookies who uh, tagged us oh. and Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour as part of uh, the hashtag Tripod, which is people recommending different oh, podcasts. Oh, yes, that's right. That's um, right. I think they, I recommended. Yeah, yeah, which it just feels it's that's a, that's super cool too. And one of the ones that they also recommended was um, the Golden Girls podcast out on the Lanai, oh, which I listened fabulous. to. And yeah. they go deep on Golden Girls the way we yeah. go deep on Drag Race. Uh, They're fabulous. Uh, it's great. It's my kind of show, for sure. Um, <clears throat> there yeah, were uh, So there were uh, one other little uh, – someone had asked us – someone posted on Twitter, and I wish I, lo- I remembered who, but someone had, had mentioned something about how Rue's hair and makeup looks different this season and did Matthew quit mm-hmm. or – Oh, yeah. Or was fired – so I got the tea on that. I think it was from the from the subreddit. I got the tea. Matthew is not doing RuPaul's hair and makeup this season. 
Whoa. Now, and yeah, and, somebody somebody tweeted at us and showed us the hairline that she had. Yeah, it's it's I mean, she definitely looks different. Um no, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive that the tea that I got is you know who's doing her hair and makeup this season? Uh Lucian Piani. No, she would look a lot different. Uh <laughs> she would look a lot different. She she'd look like she ever, ever see that clip of her when she was on Project Runway as a guest. It's a it's a big subreddit. Oh, I have meme. I have seen it. I have seen it. By the way, it was Joe sixty nine ten twenty. Oh, Twitter Joe. I think that's that's Squirrel Friends Twitter Joe. So Twitter Joe had asked oh. us about it. Do you know who is doing her hair and makeup? She's got a great icon. Oh. No, who is it? Raven. Yes. Or as Chad would say, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes! <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, okay. I mean, Raven is a fabulous makeup artist. She she created a look. I mean, she people wow. are emulating her. So I I'm I'm keen to see how it plays out the season. It's different, but I'm that's okay. Um, I also oh, wow. I thought you know we gotta we're you know we're just again co opting more of uh, Squirrel Friends uh, listeners, but uh, VJ Stalker Channing had tweeted about. Oh. Oh. I was going to hand this to you. Oh, oh. So let me tell you, Mary. Uh, <laughs> she she basically she was talking about her days at curfew tunnel parties in the 90s and how she uh, that made her think of another very prominent club that was going on back then called Coliseum. And all I got to tell you, VJ Stocker Channing, is that um, when I was in high school, I was dating this club kid. Don't ask. And I met him at the Garden State Plaza. Okay, Mary? All right, Mary. <laughs> um, oh, so wow. He, right by the I Cinnabon. <laughs> you know what? It was it was at the Wendy's, so. <laughs> Not far off. All right. So um, so anyway, so he had um, his, his best girlfriend, Marianne, who he called his bitch and his fag hag because, you know, it was the – it was the early 2000s. It was kind of in to do that at the time. And he was, right. you know, I think he was 21, 22. Anyway, so we would drive around. He lived in Lodi. And oh, we would God. drive around, um, you know, going to diners or whatever. And I had a fake ID. And uh, so we would, you know, go to these different places. And one night um, we were driving around and he asked Marianne. He said, Marianne, should we go to C or F tonight? <laughs> <laughs> which meant, which meant uh, feathers, which is a gay bar in New Jersey, or Coliseum. And so I was like, "What's C?" Because I knew what F was. And he's like, "Oh, it's Coliseum." And he started describing it all to me. Um, unfortunately, it was just it was like a two-hour drive away from where I live, so I could never go to Coliseum. But uh, you've got a friend, VJ Stacker Channing. Um, I would love to hear more of your East Coast stories, especially Tunnel Curfew, because let me tell you, Mary. Those times are never coming back, and they will never be forgotten. And follow-up question, did you ever go to Hunkabunka? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh the Hunkabunka Lounge at the Crossroads. Oh, God. <laughs> Hunkabunka. Um, that is, that is... It was an 18 and up party back in the 90s and, and early 2000s. Oh, it was so embarrassing. Oh, oh. my God. Talk about misogyny. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Awful. Terrible. Wonderful. Um, so two more things I wanted to bring up. One, uh, this is just I'm planting a seed. Uh, so Sister Mary Shane and I were Snapchat chatting on Monday, and we got onto the subject of the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. And... <gasps> 
Alaska. A-L-A-S-K-A. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, that it's a, it's almost unfortunate that we don't have more off season because we could totally go in on Drop Dead Gorgeous. Not the same way we went on the co- went in on the comeback, but if you think about it, it's a mockumentary. So there's that reality TV style. There's that. There's all of those elements. It's pageants. It's fabulous right. women. It's Kiersey Alley. It's, it's Allison, drag. It, it's, it's drag, drag Mary. Alice and Janney play. You know, we we've talked about in the past that Johnny and I play this game of who would I play, who I who who would you play in a movie? It's always a female character, and Alice and Janney is in that movie is is who I would play, like the quintessential who I would play. Who would I play? Who's the mean girl again? Denise Not Rebecca Gayheart. Yes, Denise, Denise Richards. I'd yeah, do Denise Richards. Yeah, Denise Richards. Yeah. I do that scene with the the with Jesus on the cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, exactly. It's like so. There's such a. You would, of course, you would play her. So it's. Um. It's just so perfect. It's such a great movie. I feel like put a pin in this, but maybe after season nine, if we've got some downtime, one of our episodes will have to be dedicated to Drop Dead Gorgeous because fabulous. It's just. Oh my god! I it just it brought me back. So anyway. Uh, leave us a comment on Twitter at All Right Mary, which, by the way, as we speak, 100 followers. Come on, triple digits. Let's get tripling. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, thanks everybody. 100. It feels great. Uh, yeah, but it's if like you want a thousand, it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one zero away from a thousand. So if you want to join <laughs> those 100 people on on uh, Twitter at All Right Mary, you could uh, follow us and let, leave us a comment and let us know if you are also a Drop Dead Gorgeous fan. Um, mm, a gift would be lovely. Oh, there's plenty of them. So, because I, I looked them up recently. Uh, one other thing I want to say about Sister Mary Shane, we we did give her a promo last week. Any other listeners in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, Amsterdam adjacent region? I mean, Shane's fabulous. I, uh, one of our first like emails, people who reached out to us, she's just she loves the show the way we do. She gets the way we do. I I checked the stats on SoundCloud. We definitely have listeners in the Netherlands. So you know. Uh, Guten Morgen, guys. Wake up. Say say hello. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think that's correct, but I'm not editing it. <laughs> I'm not editing it. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say before we get into... I, All I, right, I, Mary. I, I had one more thing. I just wanted to give some promotion, some recommendation that everybody check out. We'll post it on Twitter. RuPaul's interview with Vanity Fair. Oh, thank you. Tap tap. Thank fabulous. you. I I think I already posted it. Um, Did you? I think. Yeah, I think I already posted it. It uh, we'll definitely post it again. There, um, there's just so much wisdom. Yeah. From RuPaul oh. about the world, um, about the climate right now with Trump, and I, I think it's important uh, to to listen to prophets and to listen to people that. Uh, have been around and have seen the world change. So yeah, we should, we should be listening. Oh my God. It's, it's such a fucking good interview. Doesn't even have, it doesn't even matter if it has nothing to do with drag. Most of it doesn't. It's still worth reading. Well, all right, Mary, the trailer, the super trailer came out today and it revealed many, many gag worthy looks. Yeah. Um, so there's this link on uh, Twitter that actually – not Twitter, the subreddit that I'll post on Twitter that actually shows every frame of the super trailer, um, actually every five frames from the trailer. 
So you see looks, looks, looks. And let me tell you, one of them that sticks out the most is a shot of Trinity Taylor looking very similar to Chanel. Yes! Oh, my God. I noticed that. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Do they bring back Chanel? Chanel? No! Oh, man. Put her back in the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put her back in the box. Put her back in the box. <laughs> Who's in the box? <laughs> um, so, anyway, I thought that we could maybe talk about what we learned from the trailer. Now, I think the most obvious thing that we learned that um, is actually written in the articles are the je- guest judges that we know. And Yes. You know, obviously, the the one main event that we could talk for hours about, I will get to in just a second. But I was excited to see Donna Martin, i.e., Tori Spelling. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was on season one. She was a guest on season one. Oh, right. She was part of the challenge. She and her husband were interviewed for the like, you know. <sighs> talk show challenge yeah so she goes and she was on she was on that uh not today satan or not today bianca uh, oh right 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 she was great she has been she has been a huge part of the gay community for a while she was in that movie trick yeah which certainly shaped my idea of what it was to be gay in new york Oh yeah, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. it was also one of the only gay movies that came out in the '90s where somebody didn't die of AIDS in it. Um, mm-hmm. So it was one that I could put on and fall asleep to and not have nightmares. Right. Um, <laughs> you're, but, cute uh, <laughs> you're cute as shit. You're cute as shit. I mean, most people quote Coco Peru for that from that movie. But oh like, sure, sure. It that's burns. really no, no. Not... I love the you're cute as shit. Yeah, that's happened to me. You know, not. Not, Not that you know. I'm cute as shit, but that some guy has, you know, come up to me and was like totally drunk. Anyway, <laughs> Tori Spelling, I'm excited to see her. And she's with Jenny Garth, who, to be honest, I thought was Dead. Caroline Ray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, Caroline Ray. She looks like Caroline Ray. No, I can promo. see that. I can see that. Well, then it's like, okay, so – why these 90210 and alums? Well, you see clips later of them kind of like fake fighting. Mm. And I feel like there's oh, going right. to be an acting challenge, right? Where they're, where they have to be in um, a sitcom, not a sitcom, like a, like a romance drama. Right. Yeah. I mean, I forgot about that. There was that, it looked similar to like the season six final challenge when they were like filming with RuPaul. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was like, oh, and then, and then I realized it was, it was Tori Spelling in the scene with one of the Queens. Um, yeah. So yeah. No, it's with it was with uh, Jenny Garth. Oh, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's Jenny Garth. All right. Uh, well, that's exciting. Um, so the other uh, the other ones that I didn't know too much about. Who's Naya Rivera? I should have googled her. I don't know who that is. That's a. Uh, um, she doesn't quite have the Arden Marin problem, but she, I still <laughs> Pam don't really... Tillis. Pam Tillis. It's it's a Pam Tillis situation. I don't really know who she oh, is. Oh, okay. So she. She also played the role of Hillary Winston on The Royal Family. Oh, she was on Glee. Oh, oh, that's that's Santana. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I love her. Oh, great. <laughs> she does not look the same in this picture, mm. uh, this screenshot. So, yeah. wow. Okay, I loved her. She was great in the West Side Story episode as Maria. Gotta tell you. Oh, I did um, not see much of Glee. Um, I um, saw the. the 
Yes, go ahead. I was going to say, I noticed that Cheyenne Jackson was a guest this season. Oh, Cheyenne Jackson. Okay, of course. He was, you know, gay for play, Ryan Murphy. He's doing the whole gay circuit. Because Absolutely. He's, uh, uh, you know, a masculine bro gay person. Yeah, yeah. It, it helps that he meets all the standards. He's tall, yep. he's white, he's passable, he's masculine. Yeah, Blue eyes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's passable. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah. the, the one that you would play, Colin, is Andy McDowell. Okay, what is Andy McDowell <laughs> doing at RuPaul's Drag Race? It's like when we'll Leanne Rhymes showed up. It, no, it's more random. Andy McDowell? Like... <laughs> What Pam Tillis, Pam Andy Tillins. McDowell, Andy McDowell. I was like, I, I, they couldn't get Diane Weist. They couldn't get. I mean, you couldn't. I, who? I, well, they got Joan Smalls. They got to tell you, they got Joan Smalls. So Joan Smalls. Who's Joan? Yeah, Joan Smalls. Who the hell's Joan Smalls? <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that Biggie Smalls' mom? <laughs> Who's jo- is it uh, Naomi's? So who the hell's Joan Smalls? Um, as far as I know, Joan Smalls is <laughs> is, is that a real guest? Puerto Rican, it's a Puerto Rican fashion model. So, well, I I did not I did not know about that. She's um, ranked number eight in Forbes magazine as world's highest paid model. So oh, you know, well. supermodel of the world, haute couture. Okay, Mary. So All maybe right. she's going to do some design challenge. Or it's going to be some looks challenge, you know. Who knows? Yeah, all right, Joan Smalls doing big things. Joan Smalls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other one uh, that was odd was Megan Trainer in a unicorn onesie. Yeah, Um, yeah. I saw that. You know, she's all about that base. Okay, about that. Yeah, she's all you know, and she's. I mean, I don't really know much about her, but I feel like she's one of those. I don't conform to the ideals of what a woman should look like in music. She's kind of like a hippie. I don't mean hippie, yeah. like she's got hips, you know, she's padded oh, for yeah. filth. Hip, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> padded yeah. for filth. Yeah. Um, hips for your nerves. Hips so, for your uh, nerves, yeah. <laughs> the other one uh, is Kesha. Kesha's coming back. Oh, uh, oh that's right. not she coming was back. A... Yeah, what? Was she a guest before? Oh, that's right. No, I, no. That's what I'm thinking of. Later. That's what I'm thinking Peed. of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Kesha's there. Uh, I don't have much of an opinion on her, except that I'm glad that she's still standing after what she's been through. That's true. Um, that's true. Glad so, to see her. to see that. Doing thing, doing things. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, we have Tamar Braxton. Oh, you know, I'm catch happy. alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's um, Tamar Braxton. I'm not, I'm not losing my mind. Like I, I'm happy to see return um, guests come back, but you know, I'd like to see a return guest like Khloe Kardashian come back. Oh, you know? yeah. I didn't mind uh, Tamar Braxton. I, you know, she she had a voice which yeah, I like. True. No, um, yeah. And then, uh, just to wrap up this special guest judges, the main event, the one that we manifested. Oh my God! Oh, I lost my Lisa Kudrow fucking mind when she went. Hello, 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 hello. When she went, and I was like, I didn't even realize they would do that. And then it made perfect sense. And I, yep. we manifested it. We just, we just knew that uh, that she'd be relevant. I mean, I. I have so many questions. What is she doing there? Yeah, what what is she going to do? Because she's going to be on the second episode, is what uh, subreddit has said. Yeah. So that means, uh, and, you know, and this also kind of goes into some other spoilers, but also from the trailer, is that it's, I guess, a cheerleading challenge. Yeah. So is Lisa Kudrow going to be a runway judge, or is she just going to be a mini challenge judge? 
and like what does she have to do with cheerleading i just i just want to know how many comeback references there's going to be in the episode and will there be many and can there please be a lot you know like that's <laughs> how i feel about it uh, jane, jane jane i need to know that i'm being hurt yeah yeah like, hurt? i need i need rupaul to do jane jane like <laughs> when she's introducing lisa kudrow on the runway you know what i mean <laughs> like i need her to do the bit at that moment um uh-huh. So we're going to be talking about predictions later, and I'm just going to throw that right in the hat, is that we get a solid comeback reference when RuPaul introduces uh, Lisa Kudrow on the judges panel. All right, Mary. Calling it. So um, uh, are there any um, looks that you wanted to bring out in the trailer? Or I, mean, I could talk about some. There were there, – I mean, obviously there were so many, and, and my mind goes to that place of like, okay, well, that confirms that. and that, You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to like do the math. Because, because you know, I, there are certain queens that I'm like, oh, I don't want to see. Like, honestly, there's really no – I really want to see them all go far. I'm kind of excited to see things from all of them. There's nobody – there's some I'm more excited about, obviously, than others right now. Yeah, but yeah. But I – you know, I get – and maybe a lot of us do about our favorites. We get protective. Like like during season six, I held my breath every episode for Milk. I was like, oh, please. I know she's going to go soon, but please, not yet, not yet, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so – and I felt that way about Katya in season seven. Obviously, I think all of us did. But Yeah, Coco or Chi-Chi. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, Mary. Yeah. So so this season, I'm like, oh, oh, how many looks of Sasha am I going to see? I, I, it would just break right. my heart if Sasha doesn't, you know, fucking go all the way to the end. But – well. Yes. The, the one, in terms of to answer your question, the look, the only one I can think of, the one that just made me gasp, other than when Lisa Kudrow showed up, was Nina Bonina Brown as a peach. Oh, oh, that one. Yes. Oh, my and, God. Uh, we'll get into this later. But the first challenge, one of the looks that they have to it's a pageant challenge. And one of the looks that they have to do is um, a look that represents where they're from. Yeah. So she's, she's from Atlanta, and so she she did the peach, and it is. I was like, "Holy fuck! What am I looking at right now?" It's so you know. So I was actually messaging on Facebook with um with Brandon, uh, who friended me on Facebook. So it's nice to have a little crossover. Uh, I we were messaging messaging about it. And I said, "Did you see the trailer?" And we were talking about this look, and I said, "This is the one that really you know I I totally." love this one and he was commenting you know i kind of wish it wasn't paper i I feel like it's going to look weird when she turns certain angles but i feel like nina bonita brown i don't know if i I paused it and i stare at that clip for a while i think she's got i think she's doing a certain i think she's doing a certain graphic illusion where it's going to work you know what i mean there's yeah the way that she's doing it i think is not realism like it's kind of cartoony in a way and i think it's gonna right. work i mean right. what i saw fucking i mean wow I, that just i blew my mind i loved it uh, so cool well the one that stuck out to me was actually trinity taylor oh. um i i'm assuming this is gonna be from the where are you from looks uh in the pageant yeah but she comes out with this cape that actually makes like a circle around her and in the background is i guess she's from orlando right so it's all of these um it looks like roller coasters and ferris wheels and like a night skyline behind her Mm -hmm. uh, with palm trees and an ocean on the bottom and it uh she paints herself and her what she's wearing and her you know legs to match perfectly with the uh with the cape and it looks so cool uh, yeah I, so that, check that out that trailer cool. i i gasped i gasped i said oh wow 
I underestimated Trinity Taylor. Oh, I, she, God, I, I, we will get into it when we talk about the episode, but, or the first 20 minutes, but I cannot keep my eyes off of her. She is fascinating to look at. I just, I, I can't speak for her abilities in other challenges, but visually she is such a fascinating queen. Mm -hmm. Her face Mm -hmm. is just so interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The, the other look uh, that's notable that you see very briefly is one that I've seen before on Alexis. Uh, oh. And I'll tweet the picture. I'll tweet the picture. But she has this um, – it's yellow, green, orange, red wig on that's kind of all swirly. And then her face is painted purple with green eyelids. And it is a fierce-ass look. Uh, yeah. And the fact that she paints that on herself is so impressive. Yeah, when I saw that, I, I... – it took me a little minute, uh, like a, a bit, to figure out. Oh, that's Alexis, and I was like, "Wow, you can do that!" Oh, girl. Yeah. Well, she, you know, I, she, she does hair and makeup. She knows how to paint. Yeah. Well, you know, and I always talk about how Alexis does. She does classic drag so well. So it was nice to see a preview or a clip of her doing something not outside cla- the box. Outside the box. Yeah. It's, it's good to see her doing that because it's like good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad she's uh, she has it up her sleeve. So. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I noticed was a wig reveal from Eureka. Yeah. She takes off a wig and reveals a wig underneath, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then James Mansfield kind of looking a little lost on the runway. I noticed that. And I, yeah. Um, I, I'm, see, there's that whole thing that we talk about with James where it's like how in on the joke she actually is and playing that lost queen on the on the runway like how mm-hmm. much she's ar- the architect of that right. but i just feel like it's totally possible that she could do all that and they don't show the architecture and they just show the literal with some doopy music you know what i mean right right i mean we see that a little bit spoiler alert in the first 20 minutes um i don't know that's that's something i'm really interested to see is how much we see James Mansfield winking at the camera and how much they don't show the wink. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. <clears throat> well, um, why don't we just get into it, Mary, uh, and talk about the first 20 minutes uh, yeah. of this episode. So if you do not uh, want to hear anything about the first 10, 15 minutes, I know some of you out there have expressed to us that you aren't into spoilers. Uh, there is no harm in skipping this part of the episode and and listening, you know, at a later date, um, if you if you so please, uh, we totally respect that. So please, um, don't feel bad. We love you. Do 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 do. All right, Mary. Now you can turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> now that those bitches are gone, let's get to it. <laughs> Glad she left. <laughs> oh, brother, bringing down the whole party. Um, We're kidding. Yes, obviously. Um, So let's, I mean, let's just take a breath. Yep. It's here. We have arrived to the living room. The Christmas tree is aglow. And Dev's presents are wrapped for filth, Mama. I mean. right. The menorah is lit. (laughs) All seven candles. It is time. So. All right. The gelt is a-flowing. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, being technically half jewish i i didn't go to many hanukkahs or things like that but there is a hanukkah tradition of like you hide i think you hide something oh you charlie hide it yeah maybe maybe you charlie hide something (laughs) um my jewish marys help me out but there's something where you you like hide something or you hide money or you hide the the gelt or whatever um 
<laughs> yeah, you tuck it. You tuck it away in a couch cushion. And um, I just – I feel like I have found the gelt and uh, I'm unwrapping it and I'm eating Here it on the go. couch before dinner. <laughs> so let's, All right. let's All get right. into Here it. Go. Here we go. Yes. So the first one in uh, is actually peppermint. She's wearing um, blue and black. She's got these braids in and, you know, it's kind of like, oh, oh, okay. So she's first. And, you know, historically, the first one that comes in usually becomes something of a narrator. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to go far or get voted out quickly. But I feel like it's a voice that is important for the first episode. Uh, I know they talked about that on Squirrel Friends today. I, you know, I think we've talked about the first person, um, but only specifically to like Katya and Adore. I think we talked about it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a trend that really developed. I mean, season four, it started with Willem. <clears throat> and Willem, well, he didn't go to the end. He was a very important narrator to the show. He was, he was kind of like, let me just be real with you, girl. Like he was he was even making fun of the show in a way like he was he was a great different narrator you know and then season five was detox and season six was bianca and adore and season seven was miss fame right who's, and <clears throat> is an interesting narrator miss fame because i i think that we kind of went into we all went into season seven thinking miss fame was like the one to beat and so it was right. like interesting that she was i mean she went pretty far but <clears throat> but yeah she was um she was an interesting. She wasn't the narrator the way Katya was of season seven, but she was very much a storyline that we were following. You know, sure, and sure. and one that was evolving, um, right? And we know we already know that Peppermint is going to have a storyline because she's mm-hmm. going to come out as trans to the other queens. Yeah. Now I wanted to say that I, this is my opinion, and I someone had mentioned on on the subreddit that Peppermint's look she's giving you very like 90s euro dance diva and i was like mm. i know exactly what she's giving you she is giving you 1990s labouche be my lover realness yes yes the rollerblades around the ring absolutely labouche yep yeah yeah this is a free skate at united skates and that's right if my sister's in trouble <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I will post the video on Twitter if you have not seen. But I mean, as a little gay boy, I had I had the whole I had the whole album on cassette. But she sure. is absolutely giving you Labouche, "Be My yeah. Lover," and I'm into okay. it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So she's in, and then Valentina comes in. Valentina um, in all gorgeous. red, and we kind of meet Valentina as a boy for the first time wearing the beret. That's the look. I guess that's. <laughs> That's the choice. <laughs> Choices. Uh, you know, she reminded me kind of of like um, like a Muppet. And I don't mean mm-hmm. that in any offensive way except that she just looked so perfect and so painted. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. And she keeps coming back as that beret throughout the episode or the first 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, Valentina, she is – I mean, I, you know, when we first started talking about her in the Meet the Queens episode, like I wrote her off pretty fast – I, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun on predictions. I am the boom, boom gun. But I I think that Valentina, I, she's one of those queens where it's like there is there is more up her sleeve. There is either more up her sleeve than we are seeing or we assume she has 
or there isn't. Like it's one, it is one extreme or the other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. And Marco's trying to tell you, Valentina's not staying around very long. Oh yeah, he's like, no, no, she's not gonna make it past the third episode. It's like, all right, Marco, <laughs> somebody's got his bracket. Um, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. She's gorgeous. She's, I mean, she's absolutely gorgeous. Like, sure. just a beautiful illusion. So I give right. her that for sure. Um, um, so Eureka comes in next, and I gotta tell you, she had many a one-liner, many a shade in yeah. just the first 20 minutes. And the first one, uh, actually, maybe this is what kind of set her off, but Valentina throws it right at her at first mm-hmm. and reads her on her weight. I'm just kind of like, God damn it. Yeah. Can she not catch a break? Right. So she says her favorite shape is round, and then Valentina says, I can see that. Ugh. Can a big girl rest her feet for a minute without being told she's a fat bitch? That fat bitch. Uh, that fat bitch. That yeah. fat bitch. I know. It's, God. I felt I know. for her. I was like, oh, all right. All right. You guys want to fucking play? What right. is it Valerie said? You want to show – you want to throw the fucks around? I can throw the fucks around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Eureka, it's – I'm so excited about her because I think – I mean – you know her her entrance look was it was fine. It wasn't the most exciting to me, but she looked great. Um, but she is personality wise, in terms of commanding the conversation, in terms of in terms of uh, catchphrases. She, I mean, as Michelle Michelle Visage likes to say, as she said in season eight, these queens came to play this season, and that's <laughs> that's what I'm feeling with Eureka. Um, next in, looking so cute, was Charlie Hyde's. Right, with the oversized glasses around the neck. You know, yeah. I, I I think Charlie Hydes is, is great and adorable. Uh, he had uh, a couple of funny one-liners that we'll talk about uh, in just a, a second. But he, um, I, he, to me, he just didn't match up with some of these queens. Well, I, you know, I'm going to – because I had said last time we talked about Charlie, I was like, oh, I really see her going far. I think she's got a lot to offer. I have some predictions about Charlie. Again, I'm totally willing to be wrong, but I, I think that, I think that Charlie, she, what I, the impression I'm getting from her is she's really good at what she does, but right. there are things she doesn't do. I I liked this look. I'm really excited to see her other looks. Like I want to see Charlie give us some of the wow moments on the runway that we're seeing mm-hmm. from some of these other queens. That's something. Yeah. I thought this look was really cute and I thought her makeup's great. Her hair, you know, she, she had a really cute sort of illusion, but yeah. Um, I, well, and I you know, I see... always wonder, I wonder what story, cause you know, you have to think about RuPaul as the producer, as a fucking badass businessman. Um, what story is he going to tell this season and what type of drag queen is he going to push to the front? And I feel like Charlie Hydes is one of those queens that not only is older and kind of breaks that stereotype, but, you know, is irreverent and mm-hmm. and kind of goes for it. Uh, there's a bigger audience in the UK, and I know that they're talking about bringing Drag Race to the UK. Yeah. And I feel like there's that aspect of it too that could draw um viewers in so i'm wondering if charlie hides is also kind of strategic in that sense that's a really good point that that what charlie brings is already a large following in the uk um yeah yeah i mean if you think about the the pieces of the puzzle you know michelle being on big you know celebrity big brother and uh having charlie hides on it's like oh they're really you know 
they're really courting that audience over there, aren't they? So yeah, who knows? Um, next in, I think next in was Pheromone, right? Right, right. She's, you know, she's she's really cute. I think she she's cute, and I don't mean that in a like diminishing, you know, diminishing way. But yeah, she's sweet. Know. I'm glad she's there. She's Charlie has underwear that's older than her, but you know. Yeah. She, she later on in the episode, she certainly gets a a, a hard, hard, hard read. Yeah, and uh, I we'll talk about it when we get there. So there's pheromone. She's blonde. She's showing a lot of skin. She's got a great body. Um, you know, she's she's a twig uh, in that sense. So if you like twigs, you know, she's got a great body. She looks yeah. about twelve. This Charlie. Um, all right. So the main event comes in. Oh um, God, love it, <laughs> love it, love the love. Love the look, love the hat, love the shoes, love everything. Yeah, I. Yeah. Um, Sasha Valor comes in great entrance. I didn't know until watching it again that she actually was like screaming. I thought she was just like pantomiming because he couldn't hear. Oh, I thought so too. Yeah. Because um, so the, the footage is obviously recorded live at the premiere, so everyone's queening out. Uh, and yeah, she comes in. Great look, great entrance, great energy. Like you know. Th- there's so much about how a queen, once she does her entrance, then goes and approaches the other queens. There's so much. Right. You can sense when a queen's on defense. You, you can sense when she's like, you know, puffing up and like is, you know, because they're, they're supposedly all kind of just first seeing each other for the first time at this moment. And Sasha just had this really nice warmth and like chill vibe that I was just like, oh, God, you just keep getting better, you know? She's comfortable. She's comfortable there. You know, I loved how she says, you know, I love telling stories with art and drag. And here's our first read from Eureka, which I just thought was so clever. Uh, Eureka says, well, what story are you telling with that unibrow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then the part of me was like, leave her alone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, back off my daughter yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. Off. back off becky um yeah i <laughs> i i also i really like that sasha she is the spitting image of the princess out of drag they oh are, sure yeah sure. um we also had a very similar sort of zen vibe so yeah I, yeah i'm i'm officially holding my breath until the end of season nine for sasha valor i'm just so excited about her Right. So next up, we have Alexis's hip pads that come in. <laughs> they come in first, <laughs> and then we see the rest of her coming in. So uh, you know, on Squirrel Friends, they were talking about how uh, I guess Nick was excited by the idea that Alexis might be a thicker, thicker girl. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you and confirm that Alex is a thick boy. Um, he is voluptuous. He is certainly not fat, but he is, you know, sexy and thick. He's just a yeah. thick Jewish boy. And yeah. he uh, – yeah, and when he pads, he pads for the illusion. So he has to make up for uh, you know the other padding that he has. Um, yes. And so that's why his, his ass it just looks like, you know uh, – like a like a Cinderella's dress, you know. Oh, that, that big. Back, you know. I mean, it was giving <laughs> me Jaden Dior fierce realness back there. Sure, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. the, I mean, the, the front too. I don't want to say fupa, but I mean, it was definitely. Oh, that's her thing. Yeah, she. That's that is how she had there. Yeah, and you know, I think it's. I think it's cute. She's just this ma- maternal strong woman you know she's very rose she's very rose from gypsy like that is perfect which is appropriate that she comes in 
kind of with a oh, take right. on, a, on the gypsy quote of how do you like them egg rolls mr charles which is uh <laughs> the quote is from gypsy and it's it's how do you like the egg rolls mr goldstone and I was, it was great it was just like she came in right away yeah uh you know with a catchphrase with a personality oh, good yeah, yeah with, a, good. with a brand right she's immediately yeah. quoting broadway i was like good right anya right yeah she's smart, she's smart. yeah um, so then there's a little shady moment where Valentina calls L.A. and the West Coast the center of the universe and uh, Alexis yeah. and uh, Peppermint. Like, and like I can't with you. Not having it. They're like, what? Oh, um, that's right because it's three New York queens. I, yeah, I yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I had just watched I had something I had just – maybe it was um, – it was uh, with Trixie and Katya. I like saying it that way. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, just watch uh, on, Wow, on Wow Presents. But I think they were talking about uh, New York versus L.A. And I think Katya was saying, like, you could never convince anyone in New York that L.A. is, is a good place to live. Right. Um, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's very true. Um, it's true. Yeah. It's true. You have to drive. You have to drive. Yeah, you have Done. to drive. Done. No, Done. everything's too far apart and I have to drive everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, next in is Shea Coulee. And mm. I know like everyone, it, people, it's so contentious the season that like, oh, this season, you know, a lot of the queens are reminiscent of past queens. But I just had to say like up front, the vibe I was getting was very Bob the Drag Queen. And it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing. I, Shea yeah. is a totally different queen. You know, Bob is not the brand and Shea fits into it. There was just, there was a quality to her energy and her, the confidence and the way that she kind of walked in the room and the way that she kind of looked and there was like a facial expression she did that was very Bob. This is oh, a compliment. Sure. You sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Chicago drag is the motherfucking bomb.com. It's got its yeah. own domain. She had this nice little, little tag for Chicago, which I thought was really cool. Um, Cause the last Chicago queen was Kim Chi. Uh, yeah. And as we mentioned in uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, you know, they're, they're friends. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, good company. Good yeah. Company. I like Chicago Queens. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm always, I lived there for four years. There were some great Queens that I saw there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. teriyaki. <laughs> oh my God. Teriyaki. <gasps> oh my God. The pussy song. Oh my God. She is great. Oh, oh teriyaki. teriyaki. You know, I always <laughs> laugh about that video of her finding the cosmic brownie in her, in her, in oh, her right. <laughs> bedside drawer. And she's like, mm, told you, gotta have it. <laughs> like it's so, <laughs> it's so specific. Um, but yeah, I love teriyaki. <laughs> but anyway, I think uh, after you told me about the cosmic brownie episode there, I think you made me go out and buy one. I think that's what happened. Probably. I was, I probably was housing a box of them while I was telling you about it in your hospital bed, yeah. in my hospital bed. Yeah. I mean, I have cosmic brownie sprinkles like embedded in parts of my abdomen, you know, cause they just roll over. Um, and then they're gone, you know, no. talk about hiding the gout. You know what I mean? Like hide the cosmic brownie sprinkle in my folds. <laughs> What do you get this Hanukkah? <laughs> Shalom. PTSD. Money yeah. schma. <laughs> yeah. PTSD. <laughs> what do you get? Uh, hopefully the angel will fly over. Yeah, It'd be right? hard to fly over that though. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. This is a no fly zone over here. <laughs> it's a big zone. Yeah. Uh, All right, Mary. All right. So Trinity walks in looking like fish, looking like cunt. And she has blue hair, the shredded bodysuit. 
no padding. And of course she comes right out and makes a fool out of herself and Ugh. says that there's an ace, there's a, a stigmatism to pageant oh. queens. And I'm like, Oh girl. Oh, girl. I know. It's like, girl, <laughs> you misspoke and you can't misspoke, misspeak with these yeah. editors and producers. Cause they're going to use it. And I mean, it just, yeah. it's, it is what it is. She said it. She should, it is what it is, but, Crucifier! Uh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrible queen. Awful. Dumb. No talent. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Plastic surgery. Freak. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, we're, so, we're jesting about the Twitter culture. Totally. <laughs> this is because we just went on and on about misogyny. So, you know, uh, we're wink winking at the camera. Just so you sure, know. Sure. Um, Next in is Kamora Black. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Before oh, we talk about Trinity. that oh, I'm sorry. fucking fish. Oh. oh. Trinity, Trinity, um, we find out then that uh, Eureka and Trinity are actually right. warring pageant queens. Right. Um, and Trinity calls herself the body girl, which will come in handy later. Um, and she says that she promises she's not one of the mean pageant queens. And right. Eureka right away snaps in and says, that is a lie. And I'm right. all like, okay, Eureka, finding a way to stick around. This is right. good. Create some come drama. Come on, storyline. Yeah. Yeah, come on, storyline. And it's smart. And, it, you know, I, I would love to see Eureka stay longer than Trinity, even though Trinity is fucking fierce. <laughs> oh, she's fierce. She's so – I just can't stop looking at her. I keep saying that, but it just bears repeating. Ugh. Um, all right, so, so okay. Kimora, Kimora, Kimora my, my, my fish, my – Ass, my breastplate, my love, uh, yeah. my Las Vegas, my neck, silver. my back, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my pussy and my crack, you know, yeah. my my different places, my you know, right. uh, yeah. who, who am I gonna get hands. my tits popping right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want them to press, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to make them look like they're limited. <laughs> yeah, how do you like my... having them? <laughs> In a tight top or a nice dress. <laughs> We're quoting showgirls. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So anyway, so um, she walks in and Eureka says, oh, you ain't the only body girl, which I love oh, Eureka for great. saying. Yeah. Um, and Farrah, Farrah Moan, you know, goes on and on about her ass and calls her her Vegas sister. Uh, and yeah, and, and, and that's all that goes. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Kimora, she's giving me, she's giving me Cinemax or like a penthouse VHS, you know, like. <laughs> Cinemax. 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 So she's giving me Cinemax sex. Yeah. And whether it's intentional or not, I love that aesthetic, that like Shannon Tweed realness. Like mm-hmm. that's, I want that from Kimora. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's, I mean, she, I don't know what to think of her. In terms I don't of think she, she, I just don't know if she's going to have that much to add to the table besides looks. Yeah. I, I would love to find out more. I think that she's a gorgeous boy. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how she goes. You know who she reminds me of as a boy? Um I think it's from season. I mean, this is a, a deep cut. It's a Project Runway deep cut. But remember, um, from I think from season eight. I guess from Gretchen and um, I was gonna say Marco. Um, what's his name? Uh, the the guy, the little designer who won All Stars. <gasps> I'm totally blanking. Mondo, Mondo. Uh, oh, Mondo. The Asian guy, Andy. Remember him? Oh yeah, uh, he yeah, transitioned. Uh, he's yeah, he transitioned uh, a few years ago from male to female. Uh, 
And he, Kimura out of drag looks very much like Andy pre-transition. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's that was what I thought of. But anyway, uh, next in, uh, oh God, this edit, James Mansfield. Why did James get such a bad edit? I don't understand. I love the summer diamonds, summer diamonds, and summer oh, not. I, I, love I thought that. that was cute. That was cute. I it was then, so cute. You know, <clears throat> she says, uh, "Oh, is it fake?" You know, from the feet upwards, it's all fake. And then Eureka says, "I meant your personality." Yeah. And it's kind of like, "Whoa, girl, really?" Right. Yeah. right? It's and like she looked all... cute. She was wearing pink, the the blonde. You know, it was very cartoony. And I don't know. These girls are out for blood. You can tell. Yeah. I found myself, like, after that that comment from Eureka, I found myself feeling a little bad for James. So next in is, of course, Nina Bonita Brown. Mm, Looking mousy. Looking mousy. She looked great. Uh, I was super excited by her. I was also really excited by her boy look. Oh, God. She is – he is so hot out of drag. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Who does he – he reminds me of somebody from Paris is Burning with that look. I so, someone voguing. I don't know if it's one of the actual featured um, people mm. from the movie, but there's someone early on who is wearing that kind of like formal getup and is just like voguing the house down boots, and that's what he right, reminds right. me of in that. And I can't remember if it's somebody featured. I want to. I I quote the wrong person. Um, oh yeah, there was Nina Bonina Brown. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, I am. I know everyone's kind of dick pigging for Alexis Michelle, but like Nina. Oh yeah. Call oh, me, man. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I love it. Um, call me like Blondie, okay? Man? Right. Call me. Call back. Speed dial me, baby. I got time. Uh, if you got a few minutes, I got a dime. Anyway, where am I? Uh, Nina. We're in Aja. Aja comes in. Oh uh, yeah, Nina Benita Brown. I don't know if there was. I don't know how much yeah. interaction there was before Asha showed up. Yeah, it was up. pretty uneventful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then Asha shows up. Uh, you know, I know I should be talking about Asha, but the first note that I had was the way that Sasha talked about Asha. And it just right. says a lot more about... So I, Sasha was so... It's just going to be the Sasha Valore show. Sasha Valore mm-hmm. was so positive. I like. I love that instead of being threatened, she's like, I love Asha. She's the number one name yeah. in Brooklyn right now. Ugh, stop yeah. it. Stop being such fabulous. a great human being, right? Right, right. <laughs> Stop being so nice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so she comes in. She's wearing that baby doll dress that's like spiky, leathery. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of looks like a nightgown. Uh, yeah, it was cute. She had a little purple bow in her hair. And then, of course, Trinity reads her makeup. Mm. Uh, you know, does she know what she looks like? Uh, and then somebody in the audience screamed out, Bitch, do you? Oh, Which, I know. you know, is shady as shit. Shady as shit. <laughs> well, you know, Aja has been getting read for, and I think Squirrel Friends was talking about this, been getting read for, like, I think she maybe had some maybe some acne at a younger age. or just some, some skin stuff or just whatever. Has... Yeah, oh, I'll tell you. I mean, as, as someone that had went on Accutane, okay, Mary, mm-hmm. um, and had acne scars and shit. Like those are those are acne scars. You know, yeah. she looks like that's like what my dad looked like when he was in his twenties, mm-hmm. um, and he still has them today. Yeah, they're just um, they're they're uh, uh, it's scars from cysts from yeah. um, you know, cystic acne. So that's all that is. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I I guess just because. I grew up with acne. It just doesn't bother me. It, just, I don't it doesn't really bother see me it. either. I mean, I, just, I think it's shitty. I think that we are, we are, I feel ashamed 
of when people like when when i hear like gays going in like this i'm like really you're really gonna like i mean this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier yeah but, like, you're really gonna start doing the drag of your bullies in high school right now like right i'm so ashamed you right. know like that's right. where we're going that's what we're doing yeah fuck you fuck you like so like you can't do half the shit this queen is doing and like to go on a show that that in part is all about vanity and look and appearance and to know you think aja doesn't have a mirror to know that that's something that's part of your face and to be like yeah well this is who i am and right. for trini to say oh she just walks around with this confidence i'm like yeah good for her good for yeah. her like, yeah, and you know what? That confidence is going to bring her to the top. You know what yep. I mean? I, mm-hmm. You know, that unabashed kind of like, all right, fuck you. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I, I mean, no, I, like I, I really, I don't know. It's things like that. It's kind of like, it's those under, I mean, I'm not saying Aja's an underdog. It's just those underdog qualities that kind of give me the same feelings that a Jinx Monsoon was giving me, you know? Right, and we've talked about that on this show. Someone like Aja is someone that someone will root for because they see the underdog in them. Now, I don't know if Aja is going to be so nice and so mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, I don't know what kind of character she's going to be. But, you know, if people keep picking on her, they're going to make her out to be an underdog. And people yeah. will get behind her. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, my feelings have really warmed up about Aja since the Meet the Queens. I, I don't know. There's something about her that I'm, I'm into. Um, I really, I don't know. Maybe I'm into Brooklyn Queens. I like, I like these Brooklyn <laughs> Queens this season. Um, maybe you should move to Brooklyn. Maybe Colin. I should move to Brooklyn. Maybe I should move to Brooklyn in a couple months. Maybe I should. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind Stink. of dropping an easter egg in here right now all right mary interesting yeah interesting. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that at some point so uh speaking of brooklyn lady gaga walks in <laughs> yes you know also uh, aka ronnie i just i yeah. i lived for how game she was she was just she, yeah she was game and and she was to- i guess what i mean lady gaga is someone i mean oh god she it's not that i, I i've always liked her i've always thought she's great but this really just deepened it because I just I loved her appreciation. I loved her. She wasn't co-opting this. She's a part of it. She does yeah. it in her own she way. Does drag. She like does drag. she's. I think it's this feeling of like once Lady Gaga showed up, I realized how much she is such a or feels like she could be such an essential part of this show. You know, right? I feel like she could be a guest, not a guest judge. She could be one of the judges. Yes. Like I just, yeah, yeah, I just totally saw that. I saw that from her. Yeah, um, I really so, yeah, she, appreciated yeah, that. Yeah, she she plays Ronnie in the confessional, and uh, Alexis calls her the Derek Barry of the season. Which yeah, is great. Yeah, um, and then the girls flip their fucking shit when she takes off her glasses. Love so. it. Oh, and I, you know, I lived for the whole thing. I ate it up with a spoon and a fork. Yeah. and I sopped it up like with a, with a biscuit. You know, right. Uh, right. I I loved, and I we talked about this earlier. You know, not on the podcast, but. Eureka's talking through tears moment to Lady Gaga. I I know that there was like a television element to it, but I got totally caught up in it because I just felt like I don't care. I think it's real. I wouldn't care if it was produced to an inch of its life because I felt like Eureka was speaking for so many people who would want to say the same thing to her. Mm. And so many, so many different types of people, but like to be specific, I felt like and I don't mean to make you like the only thing that Eureka is about is about being this like overweight gay boy, but to be a feminine overweight gay boy, I feel like 
that gets we know we just talked about this that that is often considered an unacceptable part of the gay community mm-hmm. and i just felt like as a representative of that I, I i do think that what eureka was saying to lady gaga i think a lot of other people a lot like eureka who feel that way or are that would have the same thing to say or people who feel unacceptable whether you're fat or skinny or feminine or whatever that sense of you give me the freedom to be myself you inspire me um to just be myself i was just really happy that message had shown up yeah yeah it was important that that was put in the episode they could have easily edited that out right yeah. and i think for for the gay community for rupaul's brand right to have that on this episode is is important yeah yeah it's just you know we we talk so much about so many of these fans <laughs> in in line with sort of aligning with the jinx monsoon with an underdog is the the ones that we identify with the ones who don't quite fit in or the ones who are not the classic you know acceptable types and i mm-hmm. i just really liked that you know i think i think it's very true that that lady gaga is really an inspiration for a lot of people like that and there are so many fans of drag race who are that and so right. it was just yeah again i just was really happy to see that um and I when Alexis seized the moment with that yes gaga so proud to see it so yeah, proud, so to, proud see it. to see it so, so proud, proud to see it. it was like yes bitch get yourself a clip that's right so uh first time in history uh RuPaul announces that no one is going home in the premiere and then she announces that it's going to be a pageant that that's the opening challenge mm-hmm. uh the miss charisma uni- uniqueness nerve and talent pageant and they have to create a frock inspired by their home city and then they have to create one a look that's uh inspired by their favorite lady gaga drag yeah um, so then the queens are off to the races and they're running to get their bags and we we get to see some of the first kind of opening moments. And I think this part of the opener was kind of the most telling about who these queens are because the first thing that they show is Pheromone complaining about the workstation and how she's you know, she doesn't know where to go and she's kind of lost and she's kind of ditzy. And I love Shea Coulee. Shea Coulee slays it. She says, mm. she calls her the blonde Benet Glamsey because she yeah. whines like a six-year-old. And I'm like, girl, blonde Benet Glamsey, fuck. So Pheromone is already kind of being painted as, uh-oh, you know, who's this queen? Well, you know, I was thinking that if I were to make any predictions – I feel like Pheromone could go the way of Jocelyn Fox. Oh, okay. All right. So charming, charming, Charming. awkwardly endearing, as Shay said, awkwardly endearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like they are, you know, because we've cottoned on at this point, the producers and editors are very picky about, very selective, you know, about the the footage they're showing you and why and what they're setting up. And that's right. They have to be selective because they have so much footage. Why are they using this? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and as you know, I love a Jocelyn Fox and, you know, Pheromone could totally (laughs) get on my good side because, you know, in that she's very charming in the confessionals. Like she is very young. She's, um, I don't know, bright eyed. Yeah. uh, Which I like. Um, yeah. Well, the other moment they 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 focused on was uh, this possible tension between Kamora and Aja, where Aja's kind of name dropping and humble bragging. Oh, yeah. and, you know, she's very New York with the kimono that Gaga wore, and then Kamora's like, uh, "No one cares." Yeah, you know, I, I guess that's interesting that they bring that up. I wonder if that whole like New York Queens thing, because there's four mm. of them. Right. I mean, 
I, I could see that dynamic because I, I also think that like at this point, I mean, they have two, you know, two New York winners, you know, two recent New York winners and I, and four Queens on from New York. And, uh, when we think about, like when we talked about all stars, three cast, you know, fantasy cast, acid, Betty, Thorgy Thor, you know, it's New York's getting a lot, New York Queens are getting a lot of press right now in ways that earlier on in drag race, I think it was more about LA Queens, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, or like more of a representation. And so, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a running theme, you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, the other uh, thing that they highlighted was this idea that um, Charlie Hydes is an acquired taste. Uh, yeah. Lana Del Rey called him an asshole, and he was worried that, you know, because he's made fun of Gaga before in videos. So, you know, it's just something else that they brought up, uh, which I think is interesting um, if we're going to think about predictions, which we're going to talk about later on. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing that uh, we, we saw as a, a stem of a story was Nina Bonina getting into that Georgia peach, holding up that peach uh, hat and, well, and, and, you know, and basically about... saying that she just needs for people to believe in her, for her to be successful. And I'm like, whoa, there's some there's some on brand talk right there. Yep. Well, and and really setting up a like because the storylines that carry those those messages really setting up a storyline we've seen with other queens in the past of I'm coming here and I'm doing something different and something that that is not maybe what other queens would go for or really even accept. I mean, she does a lot of like paper. You know, I think I think Nina Bonita Brown. It's similar to like I think she's in some ways maybe similar to like a Chichi Devane where she's like she's a crafty queen she makes her own oh, shit you know okay. and so you know I I could I think it's a great storyline and Rue is from Atlanta she yeah spent some yeah like or I guess some time yeah me. yeah by way of like San Diego yeah yeah um, yeah I mean I I mean you know Nina Bonina Brown I I think. Of all the queens in terms of runways, she's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most in terms of – Oh, really? Like in terms of I expect to be gagged and like excited. Yeah. Nina Bonita Brown is the one that like when it's looks, looks, looks every episode, she's the one I'm holding my breath for. Well, her and Sasha obviously. Like Kim Chi. Like Kim Chi. Exactly. Of like, oh, what do you – oh, bitch. What are you going to do this time? Right. Yeah. Oh, bitch. So just one more moment after that was – you know, Peppermint saying how she's going to win the competition. And then Shea Coulee slaying mm. says, oh, she going to be just like the candy. She going to dissolve. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you just came up with that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless she like, so came again, up with it. Like... You know, Shea Coulee, you know, I don't know, not a not necessarily a villain, but one that they would want to keep around for one liners like that. She's quick on her feet. She's flappy on the mouth. Flip, flappy the jaw, on the jaw. Great on a mic. She, you know, Nina, uh, uh, Shea Coulee has good, good narrator qualities. She, yeah. I mean, we you know we talk about like Peppermint as a narrator, but like <laughs> Shea Coulee is the kind of narrator that I think Drag Race loves. Is someone it, like a Willem who's like gonna throw in some sure. like basically like it reminds me of like Darian Lake who just comes up with these fucking brilliant lines and the writers are like fuck. Where did you come up with that? I think Shay. Like, oh. oh, damn it! Uh, I, I just I think that Shay is giving them like, never, never the cut. cut. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a feud reference. Yeah, yeah. If you're not watching feud, you should check it out. Feud. You're not doing drag. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's worth watching. So. 
Uh, yeah. Last last thing, the last thing I heard before the commercial break, before it stopped, was Eureka saying she just wants to be Trinity. So I feel like they've set up some stories, right? We have Eureka yep. versus Trinity. We have maybe Peppermint versus Shay or Shay versus the Worlds. We have Nina versus herself. Yeah. We have Kimura, Kimura versus Aja. We have mm-hmm. Charlie versus the judges. And we have Pheromone versus like her ditzy brain. Yeah. Pheromone just trying to find a workstation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, will she find it? <laughs> will she find it? Yeah. Every episode is, is her setting up shop at a different part of the workroom. Like, you know, just never at a workstation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right that they, they economically set up all kinds of storylines and ideas early on. And who knows? I mean, I guess that leads us into really, what are our predictions this season? Well, you know, I was just about to say, this is the main event. Are you ready? (laughs) I don't know the words, so I'm just going to bump along. Okay. Um, Yeah, so our final predictions, obviously they're going to change, but uh, our final predictions for season nine. How, How did you do this, Colin? Because what I did is I found a top three. I found the top five. And then I found a snatch game, and then I found, you know, the other five. I just wrote some different ideas I wanted to kind of sprinkle. I, I couldn't I couldn't get down to top threes and top fives and all that, but I do have some I I like I am just I am you know I mean you know I got I have got my my dream tops I mean we've all got our dream tops don't we um well should we glorify tops anymore Colin I've got some dream bottoms too don't you worry Mary I yeah yeah why limit there's a bottom that I love his name is Derek Parker uh if you are you know into pornography gay pornography look up Derek Parker he is gorgeous yeah no actually i can i can i can second that um yeah (laughs) anyway so yeah so i i just have notes i just have some ideas so we'll make it work uh well i i i I told you what i did okay i I told you what i did so for me and i'm just yes go for it my, my, my predictions okay so i have my uh you know what i'll do is i'll tell you my snatch game so I thought it might be eight. It, you know, very well could be nine, or I don't think it'll be usually ten. Usually, it's I, even, you know, isn't it? Usually, eight. like like four or five on the top, or so either four on the top or five on the top and the bottom. You know, yeah, you the line. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think it's four and four. So yeah. my uh, my snatch game is Charlie Hyde's, Trinity Taylor, and James Mansfield are definitely in snatch game. Okay, my top Trinity five. Taylor. What? Trinity Taylor for why does why does she seem so obvious for Snatch Game? Trinity Taylor. Um, I think that she's gonna she's gonna stick around for Snatch Game. So it doesn't mean that she's like obviously gonna get there, but I, I mean, I think that she's gonna she's gonna hold out mm-hmm. and beat out five. Of them. You you think we're definitely like, gonna see for those? For instance, I think yeah, Valentina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think we're definitely gonna see those three do Snatch Game. Now I'm gonna go backwards. I don't think we're gonna see Peppermint. Who might get to snatch game, but I think she's gonna be the fifth out. And then Eureka, Kamora Black, Pheromone, and Valentina are all in my riffraff category. And I don't mean riffraff in any offensive way, except that that's what we call people on 
on drag race that get sent home early, right? They're just there wow. and they have to go home. They have to go home early. So Valentina, Pheromone, Kimora Black, Eureka, and then Peppermint. If I'm going to put any sort of order to it, uh, it's kind of where I'm thinking. Okay. Wow. So my, my top five is Nina Bonina Brown and mm. Alexis Lives. Alexis okay? Lives. Yeah. Um, my top three is Sasha Velour, Aja, and Shea Coulee. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I think there is I mean, I, I'm I love to be surprised, but obviously a lot of my favorites are up there. So you know. I mean, granted, I want Eureka to go to top four, top five. I you know, I think she's great. Um I also wouldn't mind seeing uh the expertise of Peppermint. But for me, Peppermint kind of got lost in this first episode. I feel like Peppermint has a specific storyline that's going to come to fruition and it's gonna be beautiful. And Peppermint has just been around the drag community for so long. I feel like this is just a nod. And it's it's an acknowledgement for her and will help her career. Wow. That is a uh, – okay. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I um, I don't know. I uh, – yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I guess that could happen. The one thing I will say is that – if you go back and watch a lot of first episodes, there are certain queens like Jinx Monsoon or Katya. I know. Um, I thought about that. I thought about just, that. They kind of go in the background. That's right. Right under the radar. And you just yeah. like – you don't even – I mean Naomi Smalls. Reality, yeah. Reality shows do that a lot because they mm-hmm. need to make stories that uh, – of the stories that are going to come through. I just don't think that this first episode was Peppermint's time for a story mm-hmm. and – I think that's also very telling is that her story is going to be a short lived one and it's not going to be one that starts now. All right. All right. I, um, you know, I guess to, to kind of counter some of your, I mean, we can go back and forth. Oh, oh do you want to sneeze first? Do you want to blow your nose? Do you get closer Sorry. to the mic? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that's for all our Canadian fans. I said it the Canadian way. Sorry. 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 Uh, well, we just, we're keeping it real over here. So, uh, I kind of I could see Peppermint. I mean, I've said before I could totally see her being something of a narrator. But you know, we shall see. I uh, when it comes to Snatch Game, I had a couple thoughts. One, and this is probably just wishful thinking. Alexis Michelle, Barbara Streisand for Snatch Game. Oh, fabulous! But and this is just kind of there are so many strong queens for Snatch Game. Alexis Michelle is one to beat for Snatch Game. Charlie Hydes is one to beat for Snatch Game. Oh yes. Yes. That being said, I would love to see someone pull like a Stacey Lane Matthews and just like, you know what I mean? And just like underdog snatch game and like someone right. like James Mansfield just kill yeah. it as with, Rebel with, Wilson. Uh, with Rebel Wilson, yeah. The Rebel Wilson um, is perfection. And I want to just implore uh, Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour to go and look up that clip of her doing um, Rebel Wilson. It is hilarious. And I haven't so- seen it. Ready for it? It is so nuanced. I'll post it. I'll post it. That is the first time nuance was mentioned in this episode, and I didn't even say it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 as much as I want to, of course, see Alexis just kind of walk away with Snatch Game or Charlie Hyde's, um, I could totally see that happening as well. Um, cool. One other, let me see if I have any other, or I guess did you have any other, any other? Uh, predictions. I told and... you. I told you my predictions, and okay. that's where I'm standing. Yeah. All right. If those are yours, so I'm gonna just list off some other ideas that I'm throwing out there. 
that are just going to be here on record. They don't have to be true. I just want to say them to see if they end up happening. Yeah, uh, sure. I think that when when this all kind of first started, I thought, oh, Kimora Black, she's kind of like, you know, she's going to be the bitch, you know? Mm. I think that, and maybe this is obvious, but that Trinity is really going to be who we thought Kimora would be. And that Trinity is yeah. going to play that role. Um, sure. I think that there is going to be one queen, and it might be Pharamone, who is much like Derek Barry is challenged every time to give them more and give them, like it's never enough. It's never enough. Mm. I feel like that storyline is going to happen, and I feel like if it happens to anybody, it could be Pharamone. I'm just putting that out there. As then I look back and go, oh, and then that bitch was just giving them versatility for days. You know, I don't think. Oh, I, I, I'm just going to just respectfully disagree with you there. I just don't think that Pheromone is going to be challenged uh, because she's not going to last that long. I just don't see her as as dynamic as the other ones. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I no, I do. That, yeah, I just don't see that. I, I think she's got this great look and she's a fabulous queen. But, uh, you know, when when put next to others in the Olympics of drag, you know, somebody's got to be, you know, the the Argentina. Right. Sure. Sure. Somebody has to be, you know, Miss. I don't know who doesn't ever win, you know. Oh, um, well, well, this Canada never wins. Oh, well, only, you know, in my heart, she's always number one. Um, sure. Like Celine Dion. You know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's all coming back to me now, of course. So I, I actually, I have, I just have a note in here that says, "What is Andy McDowell doing here?" But um, <laughs> that's just a question. I think that it's probably pretty obvious that Trinity and Eureka will lip sync against each other. Okay, there you go. Don't. Yep, there yeah. you go. Right. I would like, and Eureka's see... going to do the splits, and oh. it's going to, and the kicks, and it's going to be fucking epic. Yeah, and I think Eureka's going to send Trinity home. I, yeah. All right, Mary, manifest that. Manifest, manifest that. that destiny, Mary. Uh, I think less that, that. Less that. Oh yeah, sissy that. Um, <laughs> I think that Charlie is going to be challenged to go outside of her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glam. it seems obvious, but I just feel like that that just feels like an obvious thing that she, she does something so specific that I just think there are other things that they challenge you to do in Drag Race that she doesn't really do. As far as I've right. seen, and so right, but Bianca was the same way, Colin. Yep, and so it could be. But I just think that's going to be really interesting is to see. Oh, I didn't know you could do that as well, and so um, that's going to be something. Okay. Uh, I think that there is. Uh, I think there's going to be one queen, and potentially Nina. Who, I feel like it's possible that there is a queen who's going to get through this entire season without lip syncing. Like he's going to pull a Kim Chi. Entire lip season without lip syncing, unbelievable runways. I put that out. I I think that that's totally possible. That Courtney there, Act, or you know, but but like runways where you're like, holy shit! Like Courtney Act had some okay ones, but I feel like Kim Chi. It was just like, um, and and we can also notably just say, uh, season seven winner. Um, yeah, Violet Trotsky. Yeah. yeah. Um, I if Sasha Velour has to lip sync. I've seen her do a lot of lip syncs. Uh, it will uh-huh. either be, depending on the song, it's not going to be any in-between shit. It's either going to be fucking epic or fucking tragic. Okay. 
Because I think All right. she, I, I, and like I tragic think, meaning it's a tragic lip sync because she does so terribly or tragic lip sync because it's like a sad song. Like like, uh, you know, if you had if you had some real like upbeat like dance number and it was like her against Trinity, you know what I mean? Oh, like, OK. Fuck. All right. But I mean, yeah. if it's something if it's something that sh- it's in her wheelhouse, like when Chi Chi Devane did and I'm telling you, it's going to be one for the ages because Sasha Velour brings it. So right. Right. They um, must know that. They must know yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that Aja will lip sync more than once and she'll be a fucking assassin. Yeah. Like a Trinity K. Yes! Bonet. Agreed. It'll just, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think we're going to see her in the bottom more than once, but she is going to treat Trinity. It's going to be in a door. It's going to be a door or a Trinity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's going to be an underdog. I think she's, she's going to be an underdog. I think it's a great all. Yeah. Uh, And definitely like a, like a a holy shit kind of lip sync. I think we're going to get Asha. Um, And then I think that much like Courtney act and shade, the rusical, there's going to be some kind of singing or acting challenge where like right from the jump, you know, Alexis Michelle is going to win. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, Mm. Oh, duh. You've got this, okay. like, like when Alyssa did the ba- the the ballet challenge in season oh, okay. five. Right, just right. like, Black oh, yeah. this is the one where we watch you win. Got it. Okay, okay, fair. And I think Alexis I, is yeah. going to have one of those. Right. Yeah. So right. I say all that now. We're gonna we're gonna go back and double check. You know, when the season's over. Yeah, we only have a week. We only have a week, Colin. It's oh my god. I just I. It's all happening. It's all happening. I assume I will have no problem watching the first episode despite being in Barcelona. I will find a way. I will, I will find... film it for you, Hunty. Yeah. And you can watch it from the computer. Um, <laughs> I am not too serious. proud. I'm not too proud. Um, if, not too proud to beg. Yeah. I know that we do have international uh, Marys out there. So help a sister out. If you're out there and you're, you know, you're having to figure it out on your own so you can keep up with everybody else. Sing out, Louise. Yeah, sing out. So if you have uh, your own predictions, we want to hear your predictions. P- yeah. Please, Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, you were right when we challenged uh, for the Fantasy Season 3 All-Stars. We were definitely challenging you. Oh, so yeah. So please, uh, we, we want to know your predictions. Like, what are they? What? If push comes to shove, who is your top three? Who is going to be in Snatch Game? What are the moments that you know are going to happen? We want to hear them. Tweet at us, or you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. Twitter is at allrightmary. And please, let's keep this conversation going all the way until the premiere. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Premiere. Uh, And obviously you guys are listening, but of course it bears repeating – a, it bears thank, repeating. It bears repeating. Thank you to everyone again who left us iTunes reviews. It makes such a big difference. I go on and on about this. Anyone who hasn't, uh, you can just leave us a rating. You know, leave us a comment. Either or is so welcome. It's a great way for other people who are looking for podcasts to go. Oh, is this one any good? Oh, okay. This person said yes. That's how I look for podcasts, and that's the only reason I keep saying this is like when I'm looking for a new podcast, immediately I'm like, what are the ratings say? What are the ratings say? What are the people right. saying? I mean, I found I found Squirrel Friends because of you, and I think you found it because of Reddit. I know I found Squirrel Friends actually because I was looking for drag race podcasts this was before we even thought about talked about doing all right mary i was just looking to see if there were any like recap ones and i found them and i was just like it was towards the end of season eight when they were recapping season eight and i was like oh well perfect and then yeah and and that was i mean and i found them and it was just like yeah it was a good fit the reviews were good they were talking about things i was interested in so um 
yeah, so that's that's you know the usual spiel is that iTunes is there. It's how a lot of people are finding us. It's how most people are finding our podcast. So if you can leave a rating or review to tell them it's a good idea, we're into that. Now, as you may know from our last episode, we have a new way of ending the ep- of our and and <laughs> try this again, Mary. We have a new way of ending our episodes, which is called the Last Chance Lip Sync. And this is a lip sync that we this is a lip sync song that either we would love to perform, we'd love to see other queens perform, or we just want you to have you know in a canon of possible lip sync songs. And of course. I mean, I know what's coming. I know. Now you, you know. You gave the Easter egg. You gave I, the Easter egg. I yeah, heard you, it. I heard you it. You found the guilt in the Can couch, I say it? Mary. I yes, found the ma'am. Couch. I found the guilt. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is our lip sync? Can, uh, can I say it? Okay. It is La Bouche, Be My Lover. Yes, Mary. And let me just add, not only is this a fabulous lip sync song, and it's not like Queens haven't done this before, but if, and I will post this on Twitter at All Right Mary. But what you need to see is what Tammy Brown does with this song at Dream Girls. <laughs> Girl, I would get stoned out of my gourd and analyze the shit out of this lip sync. I'll still do it. It is, there's so much going on. Anyway, oh, fabulous. So fabulous. I leave you with LaBouche, Be My Lover, and then I send you off to watch Tammy Brown and to see what can be done with this song. And we will see you after the premiere episode next weekend and it's gonna be a good one so be well marys and we'll talk to you later all right bye see ya